Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are a lot of gaps right now that women face when it comes to building wealth. The earnings gap, there's also an investment gap where women aren't saving enough or as much as men for their futures, which is really sobering because we're living longer than men. You know, we earn less over our lifetimes. There's also a confidence gap, this feeling like, well, I don't have all the answers. I don't know if this is a certain thing. I'm not going to participate yet because I don't have all the answers. And so we have a lot of work to do. Hello, and thank you for joining us. We are here on the podcast where we talk about all things change, transformation, and this magnificent journey of life. I'm Lisa Oz. And I am Jill Herzig. And um, our guest today has made me think about the money life that I was living when I was in my 20s. And Robert and I lived, my husband and I, my, my then boyfriend, I guess, lived in this tiny two-room apartment that I thought was like a palace. I felt like I, as my grandmother would have said, I'd fallen into the schmaltz pot because I was able to afford this two-room apartment. And I remember that we fought over whether we could afford Tropicana orange juice. That was one of our biggest fights. And I was saying to him, we are not Tropicana people yet, Rob. We can't do this. And he was like, I'm not going Minute Maid. I'm just not going to do what? it. Who even knew there was a difference? He felt there was a difference, and I saw the price difference. Oh. Anyway, your sort of early life with Mehmet, I know you guys were uh, yeah, pretty we crazy were for a while Yeah, we were one bedroom, two children, a rabbit, four rats, a cat. <laughs> four rats! And countless cockroaches <laughs> for seven years. Well, not the two children were for all seven years. What a years. wonderful menagerie. <laughs> Water bugs and all. <laughs> The cockroaches were in the kitchen. Um, yeah, it was a love. It was a lovely, lovely. It really was. It was perfect. I never felt like we didn't have everything we needed. But but that and that is the funny thing. Money in your twenties and money when you're young is just it. It just feels different, and how you treat it is actually crucial later in your life. Well, I think it's really important for young people to start 
thinking about their money and managing their money as well as making money. That's to my millennial daughters. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> One of them was very well informed. Anyway, our guest today has made making money sexy. She is the author of, I can't even list all the books, many, many, many books, um, including When She Makes More, 10 Rules for Breadwinning Women. She has her own podcast, which is... So money. It's one of my favorites. So money. I know. I, by the way, I like the, even the phrase. Um, and she is the co-founder of Stacks House, which is m- the makes money cool. So anyway... We are so happy to have Farnoosh Toravi on. How do is that? Am I pronouncing your right? Perfect. Okay. Oof. Oh, <laughs> so, so good. Anyway, Farnoosh, thank you so much for being thank here today. Thank you for having me. This is so um, lovely to be here and hearing your stories. I mean, it just for me, it's just it's it's reminding me of just how emotional money can be and the triggers that money conversations can erupt. You know, because. Uh, we all have those stories, right? Of what um, spying a certain thing makes you feel. The tropic. I get the. I get the Tropicana minimate debate. I totally get it. Um, it took us down. It was a big yeah. fight. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, because it brings. But it was up, really about who are we, right? And who, you know, what's our reality now, and what do we need to do to cope with it? Right. They say you are what you eat. You are what you spend. And self-worth, net worth, you know, so I can see where sometimes the things that you, um, how you spend your money is personal, is deeply personal. And if you have personal convictions about the kind of life that you want to have, that can be a real struggle if if money is a limited resource for you. Okay, so totally off target, but you just said something, self-worth, net worth. Yes. That's a really dangerous place to live. It is, but so many of us, I think, grow up feeling as though how much we make uh, defines our success, right? And success is what we're all striving for, to fulfill our self-love, self-worth needs. And you're absolutely right. It can get you on a bad track. And it's why so many people who do make money oftentimes arrive at that net worth not really feeling like, wow, I don't feel like I thought I would feel, right? Maybe you're feeling um, confused or like your your expectations weren't met of how this was going to make you feel. And, and so... Or it's uh, always out of reach. Right. Or it's you, always out of reach. You think you've hit the mark, but then suddenly there are people around you who seem to have more and be doing more. And so the, the goalpost moves on you. And and there's this kind of sense of never being satisfied. Right. So tell us about your latest project. Tell us about Stacks House. Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, so I and two female co-founders decided to create for the first time ever a really massive experience that celebrated money um, in the sense that we wanted people to go through this 11,000 square foot installation, crazy, almost like fun house. Think of like Museum of Ice Cream, Museum of Pizza, but for financial empowerment. So we have all these different rooms and they're all dedicated to a different pillar around money. So we have a debt boxing gym. We have a money moves room. We have um, 
a, gosh, a retirement rodeo with an actual mechanical <laughs> savings pig. So we took a mechanical <laughs> bull and skinned it and turned it into this really cute, fluffy mechanical savings pig. And in every room, there's a lot of you know Instagrammable moments. Yes, a lot of everybody go on Instagram. You've, there are unforgettable but, pictures yeah, of people. But on you're this learning pig. also. So there's information yes, there too. It's layered with literacy, literacy throughout the experience. So we have these um, in every room. There are these tall sort of uh, iPad-driven stations where you can go and click through for more information. So, for example, in the Dead Boxing Gym, the we call them our beacons. They're these electronic stations where you can go and they'll ask you what kind of debt are you grappling with, student loans, credit cards, and you can take this quiz as often as you want. And then it'll direct you to some resources and advice for how to reduce your debt. We also had program. So we just wrapped in um, LA on Sunday for five weeks. We were there. Thousands of people came. Um, we're going to move into the country now and we're figuring out our next steps. But we also dedicated a, a, a section of of the space to programming. We learned that more is more when it comes to programming. So we had people, we always sold out events that were around, you know, earning your worth, investing in real estate, budgeting, retirement advice. So we would bring in panelists and guests and we do live podcasts, all sorts of really interactive programming that was, uh, we're learning now that that is equal parts what the Stacks House should be, that it isn't just sort of an afterthought. Programming needs to be, if not the thing that we lead with or equal to the experience. The experience is where you have fun and you you know, you can, you know, kind of break through some of those emotional barriers that you might have around money because presumably you're coming with friends, you're engaging around a taboo topic. That's really all we wanted at the base of this was for people to leave and feel a little bit more uplifted about their financial scenario and where they were headed. Um, because money is a taboo topic, we thought, let's take this already culturally exciting thing, which is these, like, museums and pop-ups, but flip it on its head a little bit and do something with that that is not, you know, readily celebratory. Like, everyone can get behind ice cream. (laughs) I mean, money was a bit of a risk, right? Let's see if we can do this, but with money as the core of what we're building around. um, How did you get the word out so that oh. young like all it's, it's female centric right it's female centric so but all you, are welcome yeah. so we did a ton of media we we got we were very lucky and fortunate we got a lot of great press but you know we promoted it on Instagram. We promoted it word of mouth. Our brand partners, um, including Charles Schwab and Zell and Day Owl, they also brought their resources to the table. So we got to, um, as as I learned, like there's no end to how much marketing and publicity you need to do because yeah, the this world is, is shouting a lot of things at yeah, you. Yeah. And especially in Los Angeles where we activated, we wanted to go to Los Angeles because they are familiar with pop-ups. It wasn't like we had to really educate the Angelinos about like, what is this? But we also had about a dozen pop-ups there while we were there. So, you know, we were competing with everybody's time. Yeah. I'm interested in the debt boxing, Jim. Does, do you feel that people need to get angry at their debt and, and kind of get into well, that fight mode? So it was more about releasing your frustrations, right? Okay. So if you are harboring a lot of anxiety or frustration or stress around your debt, which who doesn't, right? This is a, a place to release that um, and to kind of show that you're in control. You know, th- we wanted these rooms to personify the emotions that we want you to feel around your money. So if you are, so, and to flip them. So if you're if you're feeling like you're not in control, we want the rooms to make you feel empowered. Um, I guess it could have been interpreted as like, you know, 
know, get angry at your debt. And certainly, I mean, anger can be a great motivator to then do the the right thing, right? I'm angry at the situation. I'm going to recognize my emotions. And I'm also going to realize that I have to have a strategy now and I can't be angry forever. I'm going to release it and then, you know, go to the beacon and get some tips. In the retirement rodeo, I did see an Instagram post with that <laughs> with that mechanical pig. Yeah. Tell us about what what were you striving to oh, accomplish man. with being bucked by the yeah. pig? <laughs> so we were really excited about the retirement rodeo, which was done in partnership with Charles Schwab, as we know, is one of the stalwarts of investing in this country. And they and together we wanted to create a room that um, taught a few things. One, the importance of saving for your future, but also that you have to hold on to the market um, in order to uh, actualize your gains. So the mechanical piggy bank fluctuate is a 30-second ride. It fluctuates as the market does, right? <laughs> Ups, downs, round and round. What you may not see in the pictures is that right across from the pig is a screen that actually shows a 30-year stock chart of actual data from, I think, 1989 to present day and all of the ups and downs and the importance of holding on because if you hold on, then you end up with $2.4 million if you actually went through the methodology of, you know, saving, you know, whatever it was, $15,000 a year. Stay on the piggy, Stay on the piggy. (laughs) So we're learning about the importance of staying on, how compounding works, compound interest works. And then throughout the room, there's other learning stations too. So we had a wall of of see-through piggy banks and a bunch of chips, and every single piggy bank had a savings tip on it. And we wanted to encourage you to sort of use the chips, deposit them in the piggy bank that reflected how you were going to try to save more this week, this year. And um, it's, it's, it's see-through too, so you could see how the rest of the city is doing it. That day, at least. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to get some more specific money advice. Yes. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. 
Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Before the break, we were talking um, about Stacks, which is this incredible pop-up that you you had in LA, and you're going to be taking out, rolling out across the country, mm-hmm. I assume. Yes. Um, but now I want to talk a little bit about your podcast, So Money, mm. where <laughs> and and also like help Jill and I with our financial <laughs> situations and um, everybody, everybody yeah, needs help. Yeah. At every stage, Are we going to have real talk, ladies? Yeah, let's yeah. Have some financial yeah. talk. Yeah. Let's do it. So, like, what if? Pretend we're on your podcast right now. Yeah. So, okay. School us. All right. Well, so, so money, just to give you a background and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll turn the tables, but so money is, uh, it's been almost five years, four and a half years of this podcast, 10 million downloads. I started it after I had my first child and I realized like, I need to rearrange the way I work. I want to still go out there and make an impact, but really traveling the country and staying overnight in random hotels, uh, you know, not really the lifestyle that I can afford or want to have right now, but what are some other ways that I can kind of get the word out about living, um, you know, your best financial life within reason? And so podcasting was starting to kind of, it was a rebirth of podcasting and I, there weren't a lot of financial podcasts, especially female hosted. So I was like, all right, this is, this is interesting. Let me explore this. And I just, um, I really Podcasting is so, such a, wonderful medium for young people. And that's, I mean, that's really what's always inspired me about your career is you find ways to reach young, particularly young women. Yeah. Okay. So you started. So I started, I became a student of podcasting. I learned, I just ended up reaching out to everyone I knew who had a podcast and can I have five minutes? Can I have 20 minutes? What's the mic that I should buy? How do I format this? And then I just, um, I wanted to kind of, so the premise of the show is deep, intimate financial conversations with people that you may already know or admire um, that you've never heard this perspective, this aspect of their life. So we may have seen sort of their climb to success, but what about when you were starting out? And what about even now, now that you're wealthy or now that you have achieved some level of success, are there certain financial hurdles that you're still dealing with or emotions around money that you just never recovered from? And so we talk about our childhoods and what was maybe a money memory growing up that uh, now as an adult has really stayed with you and has taught you a lot about just, I don't know, anything. You know, there's there's really, there are no rules, but just I want us to really excavate these stories around money that we grew up with because they do impact our financial relationship uh, with money. And also your worst money experience, you know, your, your, your failures, your so money moment. In other words, a, an achievement that you had in your financial life that you feel really proud of, what happened, habits that you practice, and then we do some fun, you know, fill in the blanks at the end. Like if I won a million, if I won the lottery, the first thing I would do is, you know, I dedicate my, I donate to blank because, and it's it's thirty minutes. It's no, um, it's not super long, but I think that the the the, the sort of level of financial conversation that we have is unmatched in the podcast space or really anywhere. And I arrived at this podcast having done so much work in sort of like the quick tips space, like in the service journalism of like, what are five ways to cut this out of your budget, whatever. 
And I kind of felt like, okay, I want to go deeper now. And I really want to learn more about, I don't know, the inner workings of our financial brains. And well, what I love is that there's so much storytelling on your podcast. Yeah, and, and, and it's really, thank you know, you. It, it, it very much, I think, dovetails with some of what we're talking about here. These are really about the changes you want to make in your life and not letting money stop you from mm-hmm. m- moving through and transitioning from one phase to the next in a way that feels good to you. So Thank it, you. Th- there is that emotional depth for sure. So so what are what's the most asked question on the Ask Varnoosh episodes? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> um lately it's been it's you know it's not sexy but it's been about retirement mm. and most of my audience is female and i think that their re- women are really um i love hearing that they're really interested in their futures you know because i think often we think of the stereotypes that women you know men versus women and women are spenders and men are savers and men are more into investing and women sort of you know are more into budget i don't know it's like these ridiculous like antiquated stereotypes and i find that from my audience at least um, a lot of questions about roth iras and investing and how do i get started and i have a 401k at work and i'm not really sure how it works and you know i or i'm leaving my job and i want to transition my 401k into a new account how do i do it so and, it's great and, and what like what's your what's your best advice on retirement? My best advice is to you know, if you're not if you haven't started yet is to get started because the beauty of investing is that with time your money can grow and of course it's there're going to be fluctuations along the way but if you have let's say access to a 401k at work or a 403b that's a great place to start especially if your employer is matching your contributions because that's sort of like free money um and you'll be taxed on it in the future but it's um there's the best time to start investing for your retirement is yesterday and i never met anyone who arrives at retirement saying man i wish i didn't save so much money. And what, I'm just going to walk you back for a second because this is the gig economy. And mm-hmm. I've now been a freelancer for a mm-hmm. couple of years. So I know, I, I know what it's like a bit more than I did. What if you, what if there's no 401k? Yeah. All these financial supports have. Yes. Have, I'm in that boat. Are, are shaky and disappearing. Yes. So there are other ways to start saving for retirement if you don't have a a nine-to-five job with an employer who's sponsoring a a retirement plan. There are uh, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. These are individual retirement accounts that you can open up virtually anywhere at any financial institution. And then on top of that, um, if you're self-employed, you can open up a SEP IRA, which is... I love it because it, it functions like an like an IRA where your contribution is tax deductible in that tax year, uh, but it can it's not um, where so a traditional IRA I think the limit is sixty five hundred dollars. The SEP IRA in twenty nineteen I think the limit is fifty five thousand huh. dollars. So if you really want to go for the jugular, you can, and also that's all tax deductible. So you can really, yes. So if you're if you had a great year and you made six figures, you know, seven figures, whatever, and you really want to pile it away for retirement, the SEP IRA is great. Um, there's also people I've heard. Um, there's solo 401ks, which is also for self-employed people that functions similar to a 401k you would get at work. So there are resources out there, and I find that. You you know, there's no, there's nothing you can't answer with that, like how to or what is the definition of. It's all, on, it's all Googleable, you know. But what I find is really the challenge is the, 
how do I do it? How do I get started? And who can I trust? I get a lot of those questions. It's like, I know those resources are out there, but like, especially women, which I, I love about my female audience is that they want to be certain before they put their money in relatively risky things like stocks. And my my explanation is you can never have all the answers. And so do your due diligence, you know, do your homework, but get in the game, right? Get in the game. Understand that, yes, along the way, there might be an investment platform that's a little bit more efficient, cost efficient, and you, you know, are regretting that you didn't do it or like you're, you know, the stock market tanks for a year. Like we're all in that boat, you know, but hang on. Uh, Don't feel like you can't participate because you don't have all the answers. Uh, And in fact, women are better investors than men. Yeah. Yeah study after study after study. I just want to reiterate that all the ladies who are listening, <laughs> if you're ever having any self-doubt, insecurity, know that as a gender, <laughs> we on average tend to outperform the market uh, because we are methodical, because we t- we pause and we think about, you know, we- we're very thoughtful about how we go about a lot of things, including our money. Men, you know, the stock market, generally, again, they they sort of see it as, a thrilling kind of a sort of adventure. And as a result, they find that within the male portfolios, there's a lot of activity, a lot of trading, a lot of movement. It's really better to just ride it out, you know? And of course, check in, rebalance your portfolio every, you know, quarter if the market had like crazy swings one way or the other. And you can automate all of that. You don't have to do it. Uh, But really just kind of staying the course, trusting the market's history, right? Over 30 years, you know, we've, we, the market has not, not failed us from zero to 30 years. So along the way, there'll be lots of, you know, bad years, good years, but you got to kind of just stay for, stay for the course. When we come back, we want to talk a little bit about your personal financial Uh-oh. journey. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal. 
and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. We've been talking with Farnoosh Tarabi about money. <laughs> and and you actually asked people about their money experience. You told us about the, the storytelling on of your guests on your podcast. Mm-hmm. What's your money story? What's your past? Wow. Um, so I grew up in a, since we were sharing our uh, apartment situation, you know, my <laughs> parents moved here from the Middle East. Uh, they had me in America. They, their plan was to move back to Iran uh, after my dad completed his PhD. But then the war broke out in Iran, and they were like, okay, that's not a good situation. Let's try to make a, a life here in America. And I'm very grateful for that. But, you know, the beginnings were very, you know, we, we had very limited resources. We lived in a, you know, two-bedroom apartment. And then um, for many years, we— um, always lived in sort of these apartment dwellings, townhomes, just, but always moving. I remember my parents were always focused on hard work equals higher earnings equals better neighborhood, better resources, better schools. It was always about achieving kind of the American dream that they came here for. And I learned through just their modeling. You know, we never had a lot of like deep conversations around money, but they modeled it for me. And they were, we were very money transparent in the household. I knew, for example, when my dad's company was experiencing layoffs and the threat that that had to my father's job. We talked about that at the dinner table and what that would potentially mean for us as a family. Would we have to move? Would we have to downsize? And I was eight years old. So Did it make you afraid? A little bit, a little bit. But I think it also instilled in me a desire to want to help. And when I grew up, I grew up with a little bit more of a relaxed, um, sort of relaxed emotions around money. For, you know, I think it because it it matured me very quickly. And so when I got to be older and I had to deal with my own financial situation, I could I had really um, a history already with f- facing challenges around money that perhaps through my parents that um, didn't make me feel super out of control. Did you study finance? I did. I Just did. Maybe to get you to feel more in control I'll tell around you money. <laughs> kind, well, it was more because um, I arrived at college with so many desires. I thought I changed my major probably four times the first semester, poli-sci, theater, (laughs) French. And my father, who's a scientist and super methodical, he's like, listen, college is four years. Why don't you just major in something that will have a return on your investment? (laughs) French ain't going to cut it. Theater (laughs) is a big roll of the dice. Uh, So major. And so I was like, all right, I'll I'll do finance, uh, mainly because You know, one, yeah, there was some job security potentially at the end of the uh, journey, but also I didn't see a lot of women in the finance department. And I, growing up as a a girl whose name was Farnoosh, always the new girl because we moved around a lot, I knew that when you were sort of 
the the singular person in in an, in an environment, whether that's because you were the only the new girl, or because you had the weird name, or because you're the woman, that that actually allows you to stand out in a way that if you're willing to embrace that, you can I don't know that can really propel you, you know, because you just have this you have the spotlight on you and you can shy from it or you can step into it. And I stepped into it all the time. And that's kind of what I think is my superhero quality is like I can walk into a room where I don't know anybody and the you know eight-year-old in me is like, okay, here's how you read the room. Here's how you make friends. Here, that's how This is how you survive. And so I was drawn to finance because, again, I think it was like I was hardwired to, to go towards the things that I didn't see anyone else like me there. Um, and I knew that that was sort of a faster track to success. And were were you immediately sort of personally successful financially? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is? Uh, you know, I, I was Were you grateful. drinking Tropicana right from the get-go? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, I was squeezing my own oranges. Let's just put it that way. I, um, you know, my parents really— uh, we, I went to Penn State, state school, kicking and screaming. I wanted to go to all the elite schools that unfortunately came with bigger price tags. And my parents, you know, while they were hardworking and had saved and were doing well, they hadn't saved for college. They didn't have a college fund for me. And I kind of arrived at 11th grade in high school going, okay, so I'm going to go to Northwestern, guys, or I'm going to go to Georgetown, guys. I, my dad's like, how much is that? Oh, you know, like this is 1990. Seven, I was like, oh, you know, $45,000 a year. And they're like, well, that's not going to happen. You should go to Penn State where you can, where we can actually afford the, t- the tuition. Um, and you can probably get, and I got a little bit of scholarship. I was so angry. Uh, <laughs> and then I, um, midway through college, I'm, I'm majoring in finance. I realized I don't really want to work in finance in the traditional way. I don't want to sit behind a, an Excel spreadsheet and be, a, you know, a numbers person. I want to tell the stories about the financial world. And I always was interested in writing and communication as a kid. So I decided, you know what, maybe I can marry these two fields. Maybe I can pursue finance, but also sidetrack, parallel track um, studying media. And so I double majored in, in media while I was, well, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe it was like a certificate in media or something. But I went to graduate school for journalism right after my uh, college years. I went to Columbia and I I was 22 years old and I graduated from Columbia and I immediately started working in personal finance news, uh, service-driven. I worked at Money Magazine and then I worked at um, New York One News as their business producer and then the street.com. And all, all the way, I was paying back a bit of student loan debt. I did have credit card debt and so I remember making $18 an hour at money, my first job, before taxes, and in New York. So you do the math. Like, it was pretty meager times. And I remember getting on the Greyhound every Friday night after work and taking the bus back to my parents' house in Massachusetts just to avoid the temptation of being a 22-year-old on a Saturday in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> That's very risky. Hundreds of for dollars. Your expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just getting Disappeared from, just like, like that. Yeah. So, and I didn't have the money and I knew that I couldn't trust myself. So I would leave. That's, how, you know, I think there's like a science behind that. Like you have to avoid, you have to sort of change your environment sometimes to allow yourself to take on better habits or just avoid bad decisions. Mm. And so I would go home and I would just, you know, um, 
enjoy free food and I would come back usually with like free toiletries, some fruit, like whatever I could squirrel into a, you know, a Trader Joe's bag back to on the Greyhound to my um, apartment. By the way, I was living with a married couple in a rent-controlled apartment on the Upper West Side paying $5.50 a month, which was I mean, that is a steal. Yeah, that was that was a pretty steal good of deal. all steals. Although that that is literally you were a third wheel. I was. Your, yeah, <laughs> I did have my own bathroom in my own room. Um, they the couple they were very lovely, and I, I think uh, I would do it again. You know, yeah. because it was a safe building. It was a they were a lovely couple, and I had my own space. And truly, like at that age. You know, especially as I was, I started living there when I was in graduate school, and then a couple years after. You're constantly working, doing. You're out of the apartment. You just need a place yeah. that's safe, and that's what you needed to do. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could not afford anything more than that. That was actually within budget. You know. So how did you turn your finances around? I started hustling, a lot of side hustles. Side hustle, side the key hustles. to financial freedom. You know, I, I wasn't going to make more at my job. That just, they, they didn't have the budget for One it. One thing you did, I know, is you wrote for me when I was an yes. editor at Glamour. Yes, You yes, wrote yes. Finance, finance stories for young women for the get-ahead guide oh to my jobs gosh. and money. <laughs> oh, yes. And so thank so you. Thank you for that leg <laughs> no, up. No, thank you. Yeah, and so Glamour, and I wrote for a local newspaper, and anywhere that I could pitch a store and they would accept it, whether it was $50, $200, $300, and I would just squirrel it away. And you know what? That not only helped to pay down some of the debt, it helped to build uh, a bit of context for a book, right? My first book was a compilation of advice that I was already writing for the local paper in a column about personal finance and young people. So um, I, I used those clips to develop a book proposal for my very first book. And then I got the advance and I immediately paid off all my student loans with it. And back then my student loan debt was about, you know, thirty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. The payment every month was not crazy. It was like a couple hundred dollars a month. I could have probably kept just paying it off and after 10 years been done with it. The interest rate was really low, but emotionally I really wanted yeah. to have that off my books. Well, did that just feel like a victory oh when my you gosh. made that last payment? When I got the the balance to zero, you know, I didn't there were no iPhones back then. I couldn't take a picture of it right there and like put it on Instagram, but you better believe today I would have done that. Well, it, whatever you were doing, you were following your own advice, and it worked. It was a little bit of pressure, I'll tell you, because when you're a financial writer and you're telling people what to do with their money, you need to be sure your finances <laughs> are in good shape, too. Or at least if you're working towards it, you should be transparent about it, right? I think that oh, people always appreciate that. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. We appreciate you being <laughs> Thank here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um if you want to get more of Farnoosh's wisdom, her money wisdom, check out her So Money podcast. Or you can get a free copy of her ebook, So Money Secrets, at farnoosh.tv. Thank you, Farnoosh, for joining us. Thank you to all of our listeners, to our producer, Alicia Haywood. Until next time, thank you so much. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolution formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.